We're looking forward to being in glorious Hilton Head, South Carolina, April 24th through the 26th for the Insights Association Annual Conference. Known for providing exclusive research and objective brand presented content, the agenda for this year's IA Annual has been expanded to deeply examine four important disciplines, qualitative research, experience management, data analytics and quantitative, and behavioral research. Within each, we'll explore merging trends, quality advancements, DEI progress, and tangible business impact. More information on the agenda, which includes presenters from TD Bank, Mondelez, Masonite, Delta Fawcett Company, Fidelity Investments, AARP, and many other leading brands can be found at insightsassociation.org. Use promo code ACBIRD to get 15% off your registration. We hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, the mama bird here at Little Bird Marketing, and I have one of my trusted friends from Trusted Talent, Bob Farrow, with me today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Priscilla. Good to see you again. Oh, man, this is going to be fun. And I've got to tell you, everybody is kind of crying their freaking eyes out <laughs> about the subject we're going to talk about. And so i am it's been a brutal, brutal time coming through the pandemic was one thing, but really all of the repercussions of what everybody is feeling, the change in the workforce, the change in how we hire, the change in how we fire, the change in how we find talent. It it is so painful, such a massive subject. So we're going to try and dial it down just a little bit. But if you don't know who Bob is, let me get started first by telling you he founded Trust and Talent. They are an executive recruiting firm that specializes in helping market research firms. So you can see why we're friends, why we're conference buddies, et cetera. But he's really sourcing that right talent for that right job, that perfect fit. And people just do not realize how difficult that matching. And so he's going to uncover a little bit of about how professionals are desperate to find new opportunities, but yet these employers are desperate to find that amazing talent. And so they have an interesting system that really comes together, brings skills, expertise, experience, culture fit, all these kinds of things up front to screen these candidates and just make sure that they're delivering the highest quality to people this saves time, saves massive time. So he has big experience before he started Trusted Talent. Next time you're at a conference with him, buy him a beer and he'll tell you all about it. But it's like big names. He's worked at big names. So (laughs) I don't know if you've heard of Apple, but (laughs) he's worked at big names. So he knows what he's doing. But we're going to talk today a little bit about what is going on in the job market and what we can do about it. So Bob, let's start there with really kind of a hot take. Like, What do you think is going on in the current job market? And break that down for us, maybe from the company side and then from the candidate side. Yeah, it's. I think the the key to what's going on is the rate of change is just accelerating. There's a pendulum between it being a hiring a company's market and being a candidate's market. And just six months ago, candidates were really excited, right? They could get the big jobs and the big promotions. And they could make the moves. Today, hiring has hit a pause. And that's in a six-month period of time. And it's really, really dramatic. So when I talked to candidates on the phone, I had one this interview this morning. And I said, are you still in the position you have? I said, great. Don't jump. <laughs> I mean, yeah. because the market has changed that much. 
And just to give an example, we've worked on over 500 positions in the last six years, seven years. I have the fewest number of open positions I've had in the seven years. Interesting. So even if a company doesn't tell me that they're paused, they're hiring, many of them have just slowed the process down to where it's stopped. Let's talk about that a little bit, this break. So you and I have had a couple of conversations about why people put this break on. And you just said something very interesting. Even if they don't think they're breaking, they are. So tell me about that because people, they're not going to be willing to admit it, but you see the repercussions of it. You see that you can call it a break or a pause or whatever, but I can see you're not actively looking. What is that dynamic? Well, it started out last year looking like a bad candidate experience. In other words, they would do interview after interview and slow and debate and then eventually not hire. So I was sort of arguing the candidates like shouldn't treat candidates that way. They're hard to find. But the companies were beginning to show their colors by the way they were treating the candidates they were interviewing. And eventually, some of my the clients that I think are the most truthful would say, nope, I'm sorry, we've closed all our positions. You know, we're going to hire from within, we're going to move people around, but we're not going to bring new people on. And I think it started when they were watching the the big layoffs in the big tech companies. It stuff rolls downhill to our industry. We're affected by what goes on in the rest of the world. And so they started to pull back. And then the stock market and the economic uncertainties. The financial people were the ones who did the pulling back. The guys that are delivering to the clients, they were struggling, right? Yeah, can't find enough good people. They've got business. And my goodness, if I could get a qualified person here to execute and get client facing, (laughs) I'd cry my eyes out (laughs) and give you a really big hug. (laughs) Well, and I've been there where I was the client facing person. I was responsible for the revenue number and they were taking people out and changing relationships and the clients and the employees were the last that the financial people thought of because they were working on the numbers. And where I think at that point, again, I had a discussion this week even with a a talent acquisition person at a very large, successful company. The financial control people are restricting the hiring. Mm -hmm. So it may not even be the people who are at the forefront of the need. It's someone else from behind that's putting the brakes on it. Right. Okay, so let's talk about this because reality is reality and finances are finances. And so whether you want to or not, whatever you feel about it emotionally, you may have to pause. But tell me a little bit about the pros and cons, because in some ways there can be a real relief to be able to say, hey, you know how we're going to stem the bleeding right now? We're just going to put a pause on on hiring. And that can give people a lot of relief from the pressure. But tell us a little bit about it from both sides, pros and cons to pausing. All right. So it's real simple. If you don't hire a salesperson for a quarter, you've lost two quarters worth of revenue. Mm. Okay, break that down again, because some people are going to be like, that makes no sense. And I don't believe you. (laughs) All right. So it takes a quarter to bring a person on, right? So if I take a quarter and don't hire somebody, then I lost this quarter's revenue that that person would have produced plus next quarter while they're coming up to speed. So for a salesperson, it's crystal clear. It's a little more difficult to measure when you're talking about a client services or a project manager or programmer or tech developer. If you don't hire, you lose the revenue. The second part of this whole shift that I think is now even more critical than do you hire or do you wait is also what do you do about the people that you want to keep, that you need to keep, that you want to retain? And I think what's happened now is that people are going to go, my number one asset isn't my product and my market and my customers. It's my talent. It's my people. It's my the people that make this company work. 
And I think that one of the things that has to happen, and I think we're going to see the successful companies shift from recruiting to retention, from churn and using people as commodities to focusing on them as an asset that they can retain and that those people will have the heart to continue to contribute. Because look, look what happens to your organization if people are leaving. If people are being laid off or leaving for whatever reason, that leaves them uncertain of their own future. Right. Their productivity will drop. Yeah. Yeah. That uncertainty is so hard. It's so hard on morale when people are coming and going, even when people are coming and going for the right reasons. As we all know, at every company, there's a mix. There's people going for the wrong reasons. There's people going for the right reasons. It's all one big soup that we're swimming in, but it is hard on people emotionally. Well, really tough. When you hear the phrase quiet quitting, you think, oh, wait, what am I missing? Right. Mm-hmm. So the point we're making, we're starting to realize that in addition to talking about when do you bring on new people, I think it's our model is beginning to shift to where we're helping people think about how do you keep the people that you need, that, that you want, that are there, that are building your business. I love it. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to backtrack just one second because I want to highlight what you said about the revenue. This is very true with salespeople. You're going to lose the revenue in the first quarter when you're like, paused. And then depending on how long you take to make a decision, you could be losing another quarter, but then you're definitely going to lose a quarter, bringing them up to speed. This you can't get back. You can't have them come in and now work double time. Like there's no salesperson that's going to be able to generate this lost revenue. Now, like what you pointed out with people who are delivering services, we all make it work somehow. We stay a little later. We let another department help us. We whatever. So the work gets done or the president steps in, the CEO steps in, the whoever steps in. We know 2022 was full of it. I heard it from so many CEOs. They were doing jobs that that they hadn't done for a while. And I think there was a lot of stress on that, but we all feel very beholden to the client. And so the work is going to get done, but you're right about the sales. You can't get that work done. You'll never get it back. So I hope you heard that loud and clear from Bob because he's had the experience around the block. So think about the projection of your quarters coming up. What do you anticipate needing? Because those people need some time to ramp up and you definitely don't want to put too much pressure on a brand new salesperson and have even that quarter then fail. And then now you have to start all the way at at ground zero again. So putting the pressure on a salesperson who is starting is not the answer for making up for lost time. Right. I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about this culture idea. So you see this culture idea, this retention idea coming in. And I guess I am concerned that people use this culture idea as a cliche. And of course, you're going to have people who use that as a front as if they take care of their people. And then there are people who genuinely take care of their people. But what are you hearing? And and what would you say to what that looks like to really invest? Let's take a short break. As a business professional, mastering social media is no longer a nice to have set of skills, but a fundamental need in order to advance your career and exceed goals. A lot of people are interested in learning social selling techniques for revenue generation, network building, and maybe even to advance their thought leadership. But what is actually needed is a practical and repeatable system to digitally transform whole teams. Teams that commit to creating meaningful digital communities and learn how to leverage social media to turn relationships into sales online far outperform their competitors and companies that commit to investing in their teams to increase their personal social influence 
reap the benefit of increased brand awareness and positive upticks in company reputation. Social media is natural, it's cost-effective, and it's an easily leveraged tool at anyone's disposal. What is lacking is an effective and proven system that trains sales, marketing, HR, and executives alike to move from social selling to complete digital transformation and into digital dominance. Our 12-week social selling course is a practical, hands-on experience. It's taken over time specifically to address the needed mindset shifts, the changes in habits and behaviors, and all of this while implementing new skills. You will learn how to network effectively and at scale, build rapport with targeted audiences, expand your influence, and become the go-to authority in your area of expertise. So this is not a quick tips and tricks for LinkedIn success flash in the pan. It's a commitment to changing the way you show up online and experience career-shifting breakthroughs. This is expert instruction in small cohorts with personalized one-on-one coaching. If you're interested, go learn more at littlebirdmarketing.com slash social hyphen influence. Searching for a research partner to handle the details of your next qualitative project? When we say fieldwork can handle it all, we mean it. From world-class facilities to low-incidence recruitment, their team of experts handles the details so you can stay focused on the research. Say goodbye to traditional focus group rooms and recruitment tactics. As market research has grown from the standard focus group to incorporate other innovative methodologies and technologies, fieldwork has expanded along with it. With facilities nationwide and sophisticated global recruitment services, their detail-oriented staff partners with you to achieve great insights. Focus on the research. Fieldwork will do the rest. So last week, I talked to four very senior people in four very different organizations all of whom were in transition out to new positions. And these were, if you knew the names and the companies, you would be shocked. And the point is, is there are people that are having to leave that are being, unfortunately, some of them are being aged out, Mm. which is even, that's a different subject. But there's a lot of people that are leaving organizations. And what it's doing is leaving a gap. And so we're finding, my colleague, Andy Drake, and I are working on this idea that you can actually use research to measure how healthy your organization is and then develop a strategy to change some of the behaviors and the culture so that people aren't burned out when you double their workload, that they were committed to work through those hard times. And that doesn't come easy. You know, if they've watched their, there's a lot of guilt associated with the person who's left and their friends have been laid off. Mm. So you think about the attention that's been going on in our industry in the last year on mental health. Well, there's organizational health, and we're starting to think about how to help companies with that as well. I love that. I love that. Okay. You are in the candidate business though. So let me ask you a really pointed question. Let's say I were a candidate and I'm searching for a job. There are so few jobs out there now. And so it is a highly competitive market. Can you give a few tips to someone who's in that position, who's listening today thinking, what should I be doing? What should I be thinking? How should I be showing up? Yeah. It's uh, first of all, it is a difficult market. And I really try to set people's expectations. Number two, Finding a job is a full-time job. So this isn't something you do from the couch a few hours a week. This is a hard, this is really going to be hard. 
And third, the way it becomes a brand marketing challenge. They have to begin to think about themselves as a brand. So they have to write a decent resume that highlights their skills and, and their successes. That has to carry over onto their LinkedIn profile. And then they have to network. They have to do the events and they have to talk to as many people as they can. Because today you can still get telephone, conver- you can get Zoom telephone conversations with people. You may not be able to get hired right away, but you can talk to people and you can build a network. You can explore client side, supplier side, type of company, type of roles. And then lastly, you can upskill yourself. You can add skills to your skill set by doing some coursework or some projects and learn more that makes you more valuable. I love that because work is changing so much. So on one hand, it's changing so much. On the other hand, one thing that has changed is online learning. So there's so much available. I mean, I think about something so simple in sales and in marketing, HubSpot Academy is completely free. So if you haven't touched a certain piece of a tech stack, whether that's project management software or sales and marketing or automation or chat GPT or all these things that are out there, get nosy. (laughs) and get learning. Yeah, exactly. And then the the last thing you can do is, and this happens with some of the more senior candidates that I talk to, is they can begin to build a a freelance or a consulting career. And so you can build that on the side, you can build it as a replacement, but that's a long-term strategy that might be beneficial as well. Yeah. I really love having conversations with people about freelance or not freelance kind of thing, because I feel like freelance is, is that the screen door where the flies on the either all the flies want to come in or all the flies want to go out. It's like, if you're in, you want out, if you're out, you want in and neither one is ideal. They have their pros and cons. And so I just, I get very wary when people either think that coming and working at an agency is going to tick all the boxes or going freelance is going to tick all the boxes. And obviously I have a lot of experience with people saying, Oh yeah, I'll freelance. And then a year later, they're like, Hey, any chance you have some work for me, you can send me things. I'm like, oh, you found out that you actually need to sell and that you can't just be a practitioner anymore. (laughs) And here starts the seller doer dance. (laughs) So those are interesting conversations I like to be a part of, but well, this is a tricky time and Bob's one of my friends. So you can reach out to him anytime. And it's Bob, obviously B-O-B, but Pharaoh, F-E-R-R-O, find him on LinkedIn. But before you go, Bob, and really as a massive thank you for coming and sharing your point of view. And during what is really a tumultuous time for a lot of people, I'd like to hear really specifically why you think there is such a benefit to working with a talent acquisition agency like Trusted Talent. And and listen, people come on my podcast and I'm here to pull the curtain back and let people really see what's going on. But obviously we're friends and I want to give you a chance for giving your time to just tell us about why it's so valuable. And I know that it's valuable on both the candidate side and from the person who has a million things going on and they need the right person. And how does that work? Because people are so trepidatious, I think, to call in an expert. It's understandable, especially if we go back to that financial pressure. It's it's a question. One of the things that I think we bring is a perspective. I mean, I talk to candidates and clients all day long, every day, and I can help a candidate or a hiring manager who's What is the market like? And I can help them set their expectations because what they thought was going to happen six months ago is very, very different today. And so I think listening to the people that I talk, I mean, I I talked to a a candidate today who didn't know that the market was bad, right? So the point is, is that I can help people with perspective while they be their search. I'm not going to be the end all be all. We can't help everyone find a job, but we can certainly be a part of that process that they're going through. 
Tell me a little bit more about the financial pressure though, because people are calling you and they want the best talent for the money. But I think that some people also don't know what they're going to have to spend for that talent. What does that sound like? Well, all right. So there's some people don't like to work with an outside recruiter because they want their own people to do the recruiting. So typically what happens is my clients will start the process and they'll work on it for months or years. And then they go, you know, maybe I ought to talk to Bob. And I send him a candidate and they hire him. It's like, oh, that was easy. Yeah, it might have cost you a recruiting fee, but we got the person we were looking for. I think that's what we can help them with. So I don't want to turn my job into HR. I want to turn my job into maintaining my position as a CEO. Right. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, because I mean, HR is becoming a much more critical function than it ever was. But typically, they're not really good at sourcing people with the right market research skills that we understand. Right. Well, you're a networker, to be perfectly honest. I mean, you're at all the events, you're talking with everybody. And there is a lot to be said, in my personal opinion, about social influence. Who you know is super important. I don't think that that has changed. That's age old. And I find that many HR people are behind the desk type of people. And those jobs obviously need to change and morph with the times. They need to be socially influencing conversations. They need to be putting the look and feel of the actual company's culture out on social. So people want to come apply (laughs) at their company. You know, they need to be doing the kinds of things that would attract the best and brightest, but that HR function has not really had its revolution yet, I think. And so reaching out to an expert who does understand how to successfully network and to know who's moving, who's interested in moving, like that's an amazing connector piece. Well, and think about the the brand recognition of a company that's just laid 1,500 people off. I mean, it's going to be really hard to attract new people in the future when that's what people recall about your brand. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of struggling companies that have to recover from that. And you're right. One of the things I try to coach candidates on is picking winners. And that's not easy these days because who you thought may have been a winner is not today because they just laid everybody off. Yeah, well, we've seen that. We've seen that a lot in in market research where even when someone goes, oh, they just got private equity. So I'm going to tie my wagon to that star. And we've seen that not work too. So just when you Uh, think that would be the best way to pick a winner, that's not always the case. (laughs) So that goes back to my idea about perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I do love it. Okay, reach out to Bob online on LinkedIn. He's so affable, always willing to give away some advice and just the expertise, the years of experience that he has is really tremendous, especially in the market research industry directly. But trustedtalentmr.com is where you can find him. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Priscilla. Appreciate the time and good luck to you too. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.